Tonight at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue with our Bible series, and, and tonight's message is on the book of Joshua. Um, Joshua is the, the Hebrew name of you know Moses' right-hand man, but the Greek name for Joshua would be Jesus, and it means Yahweh saves. You know, and <clears throat> Moses got real you know, close to God, and Joshua wanted what Moses had, in a sense, is that personal relationship with God, that he would follow Moses around, he, you know, Moses would go get before, you know, the father, in a sense, and, you know, he would be right there, you know, Moses would come out of the tent, and and, and Joshua would be, like, trying to get everything he could, because he was hungry for God, you know, so as this transition starts to take place, as Moses is stepping down, you know, we, we talked about Deuteronomy last week and, you know, Moses is giving these speeches to the people. Well, the book of Joshua kind of picks up as he hands the mantle off to Joshua. You know, it picks up very similar that Joshua is saying very similar messages. He's speaking to the people. You know, he's getting them ready to go into the promised land. You know, he's giving some, you know, you know, encouragement, but also warnings, you know, and, Everybody's getting, you know, psyched up because they're finally ready to go into the promised land. And, and there's all these things that parallel, you know, that Moses sent over spies. You know, right now Joshua sends over spies. You know, when Moses sent over spies, they looked at the land and, and the people in it. And there was 10 of them that got really discouraged. Now, when Joshua, you know, sends over his spies, they come back and they're like, yeah, let's do this. We're ready. You know, so. You know, God takes us through these seasons sometimes to break off discouragement, to break off the world, because, you know, we're still wrestling with our own wills. You know, and at this point, you know, they've finally gotten to this place where they're ready to to trust in God and they're ready to go over into the promised land. You know, we all have our wilderness seasons, you know, as we read about Jesus. You know, when he got baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him and they led him into the wilderness. You know, and sometimes we think as Christians that we shouldn't have a wilderness season. We shouldn't have a a difficult season. We shouldn't have a dry season. We shouldn't have a season where the enemy's attacking us. But that's reality in the sense that the closer that we get to God, you know, craziness starts to happen around us sometimes. You know, so it's important that we're obeying, you know, God, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit, getting into our word, applying it to our lives, living by those principles so that the enemy doesn't have anything to use against us. But, you know, there's this warning in this, you know, petition in a sense that they need to wipe out the tribes that are in the promised land. You know, and there's seven tribes specifically, you know, sometimes you, you'll read it as, Seven, sometimes there's six, and then it's back to seven. Um, you know, and these are really the same sins that we as Christians have to deal with as we get saved and, and, and come out of the world. You know, God is, is addressing that the Israelite nations need to go into the promised land and, and wipe these tribes out and what they stand for. You know, God of war, God of sex, you know, Mother Earth, you know, the, the stars. You know, there's all these different idols that they serve. You know, and, you know, so they're preparing to go over there, you know, and they get everybody kind of in line and they're getting up to the Jordan River and it's flood season. 
you know, and I grew up at, on the side of a river when I was a kid, the Susquehanna River and, and down near Binghamton, you know, and when that thing floods, it's a mess, you know, and so when I read that, that they are going to cross this river in flood season, that's not typically a river that you want to mess with, you know, that it's moving quicker than it looks, it's wider than it looks, there's debris floating down in it, you know, you can see big old trees, you can see sheds, you can see all sorts of stuff. You know, because as the, flo- the river floods, it destroys everything in its path. But here they are, they're standing on the side of this river, and basically they just start walking out into it. You know, and they're, they're you know, the Levites are carrying it, they're carrying the ark, and they're just walking out into this river. And as they take this, you know, step of faith, the river stops, it dries up, just very similar as it did in Moses when they were crossing the Red Sea. And they literally cross over the Jordan River on dry ground. You know, and there's these times that we need to take these steps and trusting what what God is asking us to do when it looks like that it would be a horrible idea. It looks like there could be danger. It looks like this couldn't be possible. But as we take these steps of faith, you know, and trust that we've heard God, that he begins to take care of our situations, you know. So as they cross the river, they go in and get these 12 stones to mark, you know, that they're in the new land. And then they put 12 stones into the river, and it's a, a reminder that they've, you know, they've come this way and not to go back the way they came, you know. And sometimes we need these types of reminders in our lives that, you know, I shouldn't go hang out with this person, and I shouldn't go do that, and I shouldn't go here. You know, we need these reminders, you know, these people, places, and things reminders that, I shouldn't go into these certain territories because I'm going backwards, <clears throat> you know, and we need to trust God to help us to move forward. Well, we see that, you know, they get to this first town and it's the town of Jericho and it's a very, you know, popular message. Most people have heard of it at, at one point or another. And God gives them specific, you know, commands on how they're supposed to deal with Jericho. And it's a, a walled city. The walls are enormous you know they're they're too big and too high to be able to to break through and god you know tells them that i just want you to walk around the city you know so they walk around the city for seven days you know and they don't do anything and on the seventh day god says to blow the the trumpets and, and shout and they do that and the walls come crashing down and they go in there and they you know take out the city but there was a command that God gave them, and it's almost this, like a tithe that, you know, the, the money and, and the resources that are in that city were supposed to be God's and they weren't supposed to touch it. You know, so as they did that, you know, they, they followed God's command, but there was one person that decided that he wanted to, to dip his hand in the, in the cookie jar. You know, and he took some stuff. You know, and he went back to his tent and he buried it under his bed, you know, and it's like, you know, no harm, no foul. Like, right? Nobody, nobody saw that. You know, and there's times in our lives that God tells us to do something or not to do something and then we, we kind of cross the line and it's like, well, nobody really paid attention to that. Is it really that big of a deal? And that's between you and God. And God will address it on one level or another. But see, what happens is that they dealt with Jericho God's way. They listened 
and they they followed his instructions and and the victory was flawless basically but then they go on to the next town and it's you know ai and they're all cocky and they have pride they're like oh this is easy we only need like 300 guys and we'll completely destroy this town so they didn't seek god they were going to do it their own way and they were so prideful that they they didn't even take their complete army but also what had happened is that even though it was only one person that they would they sinned against god they rebelled against god because he he touched <laughs> he touched the booty you know when there would be you know we would destroy a city and then the, we would glean and take you know the resources of that city they would call it a booty you know the 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 bountiful booty and when i was an intern in class that my uh <coughs> my professor you know was sharing this story and he was an older man and he's yelling at us don't touch the booty <laughs> and i'm sitting there and there's a bunch of teenagers around me and they don't know what to do and i'm dying laughing <laughs> And I'm not quite sure if he actually knew what he was saying or not because he was kind of up there in years. Most likely he did. But he was like, it's so important that you don't touch the booty. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the story that we shouldn't touch the booty. But it can touch the booty and bad things happen. Moral of the story, leave the booty alone. <clears throat> So they go into AI and they get completely destroyed. And they're like, what happened? God, where were you? And how often do we do that? That we run ahead, we do it our way, we didn't seek God, and then something happens and then we blame God for it. You know, and then they come back and they seek the Lord and the Lord has said, you've sinned against me. And they're like, what did we do? And he said, you know, somebody took touched the booty. And nobody really was going to come forward. So they had a way of dealing with stuff back then. It was casting lots. We're not really sure exactly what that means. Some people say it was kind of like rolling dice. You know, but if you have been reading or have read through, you know, numbers, you know, as they're claiming the tribes and who's in the tribes, I mean, there's millions of them. So basically, they're rolling dice, and they roll the dice, and, and you know the specific tribe gets you know cat, you know picked, and they roll the dice, and then the specific household gets picked, and they roll the dice, and the specific man gets picked, and they roll the dice, and it comes down to Aiken. Like God has a funny way of singling us out, you know, when we're we're in sin, and then finally, you know, they confronted him, you know, he admitted it. He went and got the stuff he took. He brought it, you know, and they dealt with him harshly. They killed him and his entire family. You know, and, you know, today, you know, we have Jesus, New Testament, grace, you know, love thy enemies, yada, yada, yada. But when God is going to deal with our sin, you know, there's, there is an element of grace. But when we push forward and we continue to be rebellious, God deals with certain things harshly. You know, and it's important to realize that we're not getting away with anything. Even if the human eyes don't see it, even if we're getting away with it, even if we're okie-doking the pastor, we're okie-doking our sponsor, we're, you know, you know, getting away with certain things, 
God still sees everything. We're not getting away with it from God. You know, so it's important that we're being obedient, we're, we're responding. So after some repentance and getting things back in order with God, they seek God and what are we supposed to do? And God says, well, let's do it this way. You know, and they follow God's instructions and the AI gets taken out. You know, and, you know, this is the pattern of our lives. You know, we should be seeking God about major decisions and, and what we should be doing and we should be obedient. And there's going to be times that there's going to be a lot of times that God tells us to do or not do. And it's the opposite of what we want to do or not do. And we have to choose, am I going to do this God's way or am I going to do it my way? You know, and I've watched through the years as people have done things their way and destruction comes. You know, I mean, the amount of relationships that I've watched people get into and it's not a godly thing. And all this chaos begins to take place in their lives. You know, and it's, it's kept me in this place. Is like, God, I'm going to continue to do it your way. As much as I would love to get in a relationship, get married, have kids, I'm not doing it in a way that isn't God's way because I've watched so many people take that gamble and lose. You know, I, I've watched people take jobs that they shouldn't be taking and, and going back to school and, and doing certain things and God is telling them to wait and God is telling them to, to trust him and God is saying no to certain things and they do it anyway and destruction comes you know so it's so important that we're seeking God and obeying to the best of our ability and see what God is doing in this is he's showing them and showing us that when we do it his way even as crazy as it seems there's always success and when we do it our way, as simple as we think it may be, destruction comes. You know, and we have to constantly be praying. We have to be constantly checking in with the people that are, God is putting in our lives and, and helping us to make decisions and helping us to live a godly life that we are not to be doing this by ourselves. You know, that we are to be in community. We are to be in relationships. We're supposed to have relationships with people that are trying to help us, disciple us, you know, guide us sponsor us, whatever you want to call it. You know, accountability is such a huge thing because left up to my own devices, I will do things my way, and I know destruction will come. You know, I learned that many years ago, even really before I was coming to Jesus, I knew that anything that I do my way, it's going to end horribly. You know, and I still have that that voice in my, my head that says, Tom, if you push your will, something painful is going to happen. You know, and there's times that I want something so bad, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm like, God, and he's like, no, and I'm like, God, and he's like, no, and I'm like, you know, I'll wrestle with him, but I won't do it. And at some point, I'm like, all right, fine, your way. You know, and I I pout, and I, you know, stomp my feet, and I throw a little, you know, two-year-old temper tantrum. But in the end, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And there's times that he's like, do this. And I'm like, no, that won't work. And he's like, do this. And I'm like, no, that won't work. Do this. That won't work. And I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm trying to get an answer for something. And I'm trying him to get, give me what I want. And he's like, no, do this. And I get so frustrated. Fine, I'm going to do it, but it's not going to work. And I do it and it works. I'm like, Damn it. <sighs> it wasn't supposed to happen that way. But in the end, I'm glad that we have a God so big that he can't get manipulated. 
Because if we had a God that we could manipulate or control, that's not the God that we can serve. That's the God who serves us. You know, and we have to be his humble servants. We have to be his kids. He's our father. You know, there's times that he knows better. There's every time that he knows better. And we have to to come into relationship with him and trust that his ways are going to guide us. You know, so it's, you know, this story is the same story that we have. You know, it's the same message today. Trust God and wait on his timing. You know, and literally I think that that's one of the hardest things that we have to do because we're in so impatient. I want what I want and I want it now and I want two, maybe five, whatever. I want more, you know, and it's like we're always rushing, you know, but it's so important that we're waiting on God and doing it his way because his ways will always prosper, you know. So then, you know, there's all these, you know, different battles through the the book of, you know, Joshua. But all of a sudden, Joshua runs into this guy. And Joshua's like, are you with us or for us? And he's basically like, neither. And he's like, well, who are you? And he's like, I'm the captain of the host, you know, the angelic army. And he drops to his knees. Like, some say this could be a Christophany. It's, you know, Jesus in spirit form, you know, meeting Joshua. You know, but it's definitely an angel. But what gets me is, like, at first, he didn't recognize him. He didn't see it as, you know, you know, an angelic, you know, person. You know, but what happens here is that are we going to do it God's way or are we going to do it our way? You know, and Jesus tells us in the New Testament, you're either with me or against me. There's literally no middle ground. You know, and it's the same message back here. You know, God is basically saying, are you going to do it with me? Because I'm not doing it with you. And so often we try to drag him with us where we go. And it's so much easier if we just follow him and where he's headed. Because those are the battles that are already won ahead of time. Some of the other battles we get ourselves into, there's no promise for victory because he didn't He didn't tell us to go that direction. And, and most times he's already been telling us not to go in those directions. So a lot of the times that we're battling, it's for nothing, and we end up with our tail between our legs and returning back to Jesus saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry. You know, and humility is such this fun lesson that we learn on a regular basis. You know, and I've learned this, you know, through time, and it's the message, and you see it over and over again in the Bible, is that, you know, I can humble myself and trust and wait on God to exalt me or to promote me or to prosper me or to to bless me. Or I can try to do it myself and exalt myself and bless myself and honor myself, and then God does the humbling. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather humble myself before God than have God come along and do some humbling in my life. You know, and... You know, and I know that he gives us wiggle room, and I know that he gives us grace, but I also know that he speaks loud and clear about certain things. You know, and it's so important that we are coming back to him and saying, I'm sorry, and humbling ourselves and and growing in our relationship with him and learning to do things his way. You know, but it's so important that, you know, the message that is going on in this text, you know, the Canaanites are known as a very perverse nation, you know, and we live in a very perverse nation, you know, that, you know, that the, 
their acts of worship were sexual, you know, and another act of worship is they would have child, child sacrifices, you know, so as God has, has taken them into this land, you know, he's telling them to wipe this stuff out, get this stuff out of our lives, you know, and there's times that we have been perverse, you know, and as we come to Jesus, this is something that he's addressing because Jesus is the element in absolute purity, you know, and, and God wants us to, to honor our temples. God wants us to, to realize that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us, that when we sin sexually, we're sinning against him in such a powerful way because we're sinning against God and ourselves and another person all in one act. You know, and in Corinthians, it, it says that it's basically the fastest way out of the body of Christ because it, sex is such a pleasurable sin. And we don't like anybody telling us what to do, you know, and once we get a taste of it, we want another taste and another taste and another taste, you know, and it's so important that we're getting pornography out of our lives. We're getting immoral relationships out of our lives. We're getting, you know, set apart. We're, we're praying for God to renew our mind and heal our mind. And we're praying for repentance of the sins. We, we may be, you know, having to renounce certain relationships, cut soul ties with people because, you know, it's like we can't get them off our mind. No matter how hard I try, I'm constantly thinking of this girl or this guy. And it's like, I haven't seen them in years, but every time I, I close my mind or my close my eyes and I'm trying to still my mind, I'm thinking of this person, you know, <clears throat> there's a tie, you know, the Bible tells us that two become one, you know, when we enter into sexual intercourse, you know, so, you know, if you're interested in learning more about this stuff, come talk to me or, or make an appointment with Pastor Judy. You know, but it, it's so important that we start to live holy lives, pure lives, you know, because the world is a very perverse place and he wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be pure, you know, and, <clears throat> you know, so there's these messages that are woven in this text. And it's thousands of years ago, but it's the same stuff that we deal with today. And that's the, the amazing thing of the Bible is that it's not an old book. It's an alive book. You know, and when we read it, God speaks to us through those passages. And as we, we take a minute and research certain things and we look up certain types of words, you know, that we can go deeper with certain things. You know, all through the Old Testament, you know, God uses people's names or the or the names of places to give us a deeper meaning to certain things. You know, it's so interesting that a lot of the times that people's names, they end up, you know, getting named in their child, you know, in their birth, but they become these people, you know, and their names end up being destiny in a sense. So, you know, as Joshua's name is Yahweh saves, you know, he's leading the, the nation into the promised land and he's teaching them to follow you know, and have a relationship with God, you know, so it's, it's really important that we're spending some time in our, in our word and, and really letting it speak to us personally. It's not just stories. It's not just, you know, you know, these, you know, philosophies and, and made up, you know, bedtime stories, you know, like there's literally there's stuff in there that God wants to speak to us today, even though it was written such a long time ago, you know, so you know, as they, they go through the land and they're, they're conquering these tribes and they're basically taking the land that God had promised them, you know, they 
at the end of Joshua's life, he's divvying up the properties. You know, he's given this much, you know, tri- you know, to tribe Judah. He's given this to, to Daniel. He's given this to the, you know, this tribe and that tribe. And as you're reading it, you know, it's kind of like reading a map without pictures, you know, and it's just giving you a bunch of borders and a bunch of dimensions and a bunch of here to there, you know, from this river to this border to this mountain range to this, you know, ocean to this lake. You know, so we can lose track of it, of what's really happening. But this is literally the fulfillment of the prophecy of what God said he was going to do with Abraham. He was going to give him the promised land. You know, and, you know, this is like a thousand years, give or take. You know, it's hard to tell exactly. But, you know, this is a long time after Abraham had passed away that what God is doing. And there's times that we get prophecies as Christians. We get a word. It doesn't mean it's going to happen this second. You know, it could happen, you know, weeks, months, years down the road. It could happen a decade. It could happen a generation. That prophecy could technically be for your kids. We don't really know. You know, God moves in these types of ways. But what is amazing is God always does what he says. You know, but we may have to wait on him to to bring this forward. You know, You know, and we we see how God is prospering them. You know, they they Abraham took them, you know, and then you know out into the you know into the meadows with the sheep, and then you know they went into Egypt with Joseph, you know, and they got enslaved, you know, for 400 years, and then you know Moses brings them out. They wander through the wilderness for 40 years, and they you know still want to go back to Egypt, so they're wandering again for another 40 years. You know, and finally they're getting into the promised land. And from the time that they cross until the time that ends, you know, it's basically Joshua becomes an old man. So, you know, there's several, you know, years that are going on there. You know, and sometimes we got to walk out things with the Lord for quite some time before we see how his hand is moving certain things and prospering certain things in our lives. You know, and it's difficult because we're you know, such give it to me now type of community and type of nation that God is a God of weight. He's a God of his timing. He is not affected by, you know, what we want in the moment. He wants us to see if we'll do things his way, you know, and this is difficult. This is a challenging thing. This is what builds character in us. This is what teaches us to persevere. This is what teaches us to trust in him. This is what teaches us to live by our word is time. You know, that any time that we've rushed things in the past, what happens? You know, normally something gets all messed up. You know, something, you know, gets really chaotic. Things get destroyed. You know, things fall apart. So I just really encourage you to trust in, in God's timing, you know, and and know that he is at work in your life, even when it doesn't seem like anything's going on, that he's putting things together and, and bringing things to you that you need, you know, <clears throat> you know, and Joshua, you know, is, you know, getting them ready as he passes on and he's giving them these warnings, you know, that, that, if you serve God, that you're going to be blessed. But if you rebel against God and go back to the ways of your ancestors, you know, you're going to get wiped out of the land. You know, and we see that. 
You know, I see that in recovery. People that are following Jesus and, and, and doing the right thing and trying to, to grow and maintain even though it's difficult. The second they pick up drugs and alcohol, their life is destroyed all over again. Almost worse than it was before. You know, and there's times that when we reach back, you know, God spanks us. You know, and, and I also see that as we separate ourselves from the Lord and go to do, you know, sinful things, the enemy's there to, to wreak havoc in our life as well. You know, and this is the message. This is the message that Joshua was given to the to Israelite nations, that if you follow the ways of worship that are outlined throughout the the, uh, the, the books of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, if you follow the law, you follow the, the rituals, you follow the traditions, you worship God in this way, that God is going to take care of you and you're going to have an amazing life and your kids are going to have amazing lives, you know, and it, even though it's been difficult for them through the years, God has always provided for them every little step of the way. And he, and he warns them, if you get involved with the tribes that are around you, that painful things are going to begin to happen. You know, and, you know, and we see, you know, there's this, this area that Joshua kind of failed in that I see, and maybe it's my opinion, but, Moses had someone to pass it on to, pass the baton to Joshua. Joshua never raised up another leader to pass on the baton to to lead the Israelites. You know, so as he, you know, passes on, you know, no one's really in charge and everybody kind of just does what they want. And you start to see how they start to get intermingled with some of the tribes and that God told them to wipe out completely, you know, but they, they dabbled with it. They didn't quite completely eliminate them. They, they, you know, let it stay too close. And then when temptation came and tough times came, you know, that they were, you know, they'd reach back into the wilderness or reach back into these areas of sin or these areas of worship that God told them to get rid of. And it brought destruction on them. You know, so it's so important that we're learning that God has a specific way that he wants us to live, you know, and, you know, in his grace that he gives us not only the freedom from the way we used to live, but he also empowers us to, to move on and to have a better life and to do things his way because, you know, we can't do it in our own strength. We fall short and we reach for other resources that aren't him to try to help prosper our lives or to deal with, you know, deal with life on life's terms. But one thing that I've come to know is that my old coping mechanisms are very destructive. You know, and I have to learn how to to trust God and, you know, turn things over to him and rely on him in, in the in the valleys, in the dark seasons, in the in the times when things aren't going my way, in the times that I don't have enough money for bills, in the times that, you know, maybe your guys' kids are, you know, doing crazy stuff, that you have to trust God that he's got you through it, that he's going to get your family through it. He's going to get whatever if we do it his way. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just because I'm ready to have it happen, you know, like they need God. Well, yeah, they need God. But, it, you know, it took us how many years to get here? You know, so sometimes we got to wait, you know, and sometimes, you know, God is at work even when we can't see it. So, you know, it's, 
it's it's doing the best that we can to follow him to the best that we can and, and realize that you know if I reach back into certain areas that things can get crazy real quick you know and you know it's so important that we're getting into our word we're applying our word we're building this relationship with Jesus we're you know asking the Holy Spirit to give us revelation out of the text asking the Holy Spirit to guide us you know convict us of sin repent of our sin you know it's it's so important that we're trying to to grow with Jesus and and be intentional that if we just think oh I'll get to my Bible later you know you never make time for it you know it's something that we gotta like you know make time for you know you know and each one of us has different schedules and and you have to to figure out when that you can fit that into your life and, and build your life around that learning to apply it to the best of your ability you know and just like we we make time to be here tonight just like we make time to be at church on sunday or saturday just like we make time to go to meetings just like we make time to eat you know we have to get into our word and we have to pray we have to be worshiping throughout our weeks because it's so easy to slip when there's so much craziness going on around us you know that we'll always see the bar signs we'll always see the activity on the street there's always going to be an opportunity for some crazy relationship but is it God you know and we have to be able to say you know what I want God today because I've been doing it my way for far too long and nothing but pain always happens so let me trust God as he teaches me how to walk out of the craziness and begin to apply his word to my life and watch how he begins to prosper me and prosper you so you know that this book is you know it's the transition you know, they, they're coming out of the wilderness. They're, they're into the promised land now. And, you know, and God is doing all these crazy things. They're winning all these battles. You know, God always wins our battles if we do it his way. You know, but we don't always agree that his way is the best. And that's something that we have to work on. You know, because I know for me is that I want to do it my way. You know, that the big book tells us that we have this self-will that's run riot. And that we're spiritually bankrupt. But as we grow spiritually and we learn to surrender our will, you know, the third step says we turn our will and our life over the care of God as we understand them. For me, the only way that I can understand God is through his word and through a, building a relationship with him through prayer and worship. You know, and then I, I, I begin to know him and I begin to hear him and I begin to, I, it becomes easier to listen to him. You know, and it's so important that we're spending time doing this because if we let the the old stuff back in, we can end up in the old old places real bad. We can back in, you know, broke, busted, and disgusted, prison, jails, death. You know, I, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. You know, I mean, I, since summer hit or spring, summer, whatever this is, you know, we went kind of right out of winter, right into, you know, it's way too hot. You know, and, um, you know, people are going to jail and people are dying. I mean, there's two people that I know of personally, you know, that have died in the last week, you know, because of relapse, you know, and it's, it's a real thing. You know, one of my best friends is in prison. Another one of my best friends, is I buried him two years ago. Why? You know, thinking that they can get into relationships with people that aren't saved. You know, thinking that they can be immoral and it's not a big deal. Thinking that they can drink and it, I don't really have an alcohol problem because I'm a heroin addict. Like, we need to realize that 
when we allow sin into our lives that we can't control it. Even if it's something small, that that thing begins to grow and it begins to take control of our lives. And, you know, when we, we try to manage it and we try to hide it and it just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, not that any of us will ever be perfect, but I know that I need to be having this relationship with Jesus, being obedient to what he's telling me and, and repent of what I need to repent of, get away from and who I need to get away from and who, you know, because he's, he's teaching me things. He's showing me things. He's protecting me from things, you know, and you know, so often we think that God's withholding something from us and he has so many things that are better for us, you know, so I just really encourage you, you know, to, to get before him and allow him to speak into the depths of who you are and get him, let him correct you if necessary or encourage you if necessary or maybe a little bit of both or a lot of bit of both. I mean, that none of us, you know, have it all figured out, but we all are trying to pursue the Lord and, and try to, to follow him to the best of our ability. So would you just bow your heads with me? Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I thank you for the men and women that are here, Lord, and everything that you're you're helping them to overcome, Lord. I pray for the men and women that aren't here, Lord, whether they're doing good or bad or just busy, Lord. I pray that you would really speak to them, help them to grow in their relationships as well. Lord, help them to let go of what they need to let go of so they can grab a hold of you and chase you forever. Lord, I just thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.